Hi, this is Lisa Hawkins, and I am the author of Christian Warrior Woman. And I want to share kind of the backstory and what led to me releasing the book that's called Christian Warrior Woman, Taking Back Your Faith, Family, and Future. There was a lot of inspiration behind it, but truly it was based on um, past experience. Many times we look at authors or we look at celebrities or we look at people who appear to be ahead of us and we see them in their current state, but we never think about how they got there, what was their journey. And I think it's very important sometimes when people send me questions about, wow, you saw this miracle or God did this in your life or while you prayed for someone, this happened and they forget that it's been a 10-year journey for me. And that journey really led to me increasing my faith. It led me to understanding my identity and my purpose. But does that mean <laughs> that, oh, I'm at the final, that I've figured out everything, that I've got everything down pat? No, far from it. But it lets me have a foundation to build from and that when I fall down, I know that I can get back up. And so what's important is to understand that each of us are on a journey. And sometimes that journey is bumpy and rough and tough. But believe me, when you get over the mountain of that journey, you start on, you keep going forward and there's going to be other bumps in the road. But that's okay because in each area of pain, you are gaining strength, you're gaining power, and you're gaining an understanding of how to grow in your relationship with God. So I want to share with you today how my journey began, although God had my journey planned generations before I was born. And he tried to give me several hints and people along the way. I was blessed to have had a T.D. Jakes or a Joyce Meyer or a Marilyn Hickey give me prophetic words of what God was going to do in my life in regards to being an author and in ministry. And when that happened, I looked and was like, hmm, that sounds good. I'll just give a nice offering and stay in my great corporate job. But when my grandmother passed away in 2005, it really struck me in a very emotional and a very life-changing format. In growing up, and you could hear more of this in detail in the first chapter in the book, but in growing up, my grandmother was really my anchor and the person who I saw that loved God and prayed three times a day for her family. She almost had like church service three times a day in her home. And I didn't understand all the time why she would be crying before God. I was always like, why does God need you crying and wailing? And shouldn't it be about good stuff? But I didn't understand what her tears were about. Well, I lost my grandmother. I'm going to do my best to not get emotional here. But I lost my grandmother and planned, helped plan and orchestrate her funeral. And literally, when they were lowering her body into the ground, it struck me so profoundly and so like the idea that she would be underground and I would never see her again, never hear her pray, never hear her call my name. It was so, in that moment, she was and still is the holiest person and the person that I know that loves God with all their heart and all their being. The idea that I wouldn't see her again struck me in such a way that when, as it was lowering, 
I said, I will see you again. No matter what I have to do, I will see you again. And in that seeing again, that I knew in that moment, I had to change my life. And I didn't know how to get there, but I was going to be determined that this was the turning point that I would have to prove that God was real, not just for my grandmother, but that he was real for me. So what was my desire? My desire was that I would experience God in a way that I always heard other people. Other people had stated, oh, God spoke to me today, or God opened this door for me today. And for me, I always felt like I was doing all the work. I was. I was trying to fix my life. I was trying to make my life. I made sure I followed all the paths, go to college, go to school, get a good job, work real hard. But I was still wounded inside because of childhood experiences of kidnapping and molestation that I kept secret and no one knew. So what did I try to do on the outside? I tried to um, create this persona, this mask that I had it all together when inside I was a wounded soul. So I wanted to know at this point how I could truly believe and know that God wasn't about, it wasn't about religion, it wasn't about tradition, but it was about that I knew him as a risen savior in my life. And I needed more than just that I raised my hand and said, I accepted him as my Lord and savior and I'm saved. I needed to know that God talked to me and that he would, if I seeked him, if I was seeking him in an intense manner, that he would show up in my life. So what was my internal struggle? was unbelief. I had come to believe the lies. One of the things um, with someone that had kidnapped me told me that children um, without a father in the home, this is what happens to them. And it made me realize that I wasn't protected. I wasn't covered. And I made a vow as a young child that I will never be a victim. I will always protect myself. So guess what that did? That made me put a shield around my heart. That made me be in control because I had shame. I had shame that I was illegitimate, that my parents weren't married when I was born. And I spent my young years always coming up with my own version of the story. So my desire was that God would really show me that he was real. I didn't even get into the detail of, you know, giving me things. I wasn't praying, make me money, you know, or make me find Mr. Right. Or, you know, I was looking for for him to manifest and show me that he cares about me, Lisa, personally me, not all the other people that I saw him bless. But I needed him to activate my faith, activate for me to visually see and physically feel that he loved me, that I had identity. And so I went on the journey of getting training. You know, a lot of times we want help and we want support and we want things to change. But if you had 30 or 40 years of pain and strain and and stress, it takes time to peel back those layers. And I would say it took me over a year and a half before I started hitting what I would call pay dirt on understanding how I got to that place of shame. And so the the problem I ran into was me because I had to now 
change my pattern of thinking. I had to go a place that was uncomfortable. I had to like deal with why I felt shame, why I felt the need to make up stories about why I had a different father than my siblings. When someone, if I heard about someone raped or something was on TV, I cringed and didn't even realize why I was cringing. So the problem that I ran into was I didn't have that kind of support in the current church I was going to, and the Lord really, the time I didn't realize, was pushing me to move out the pew and get myself to a place of health and development and healing. And so the problem was that I was the person who had to step in and say, you know what, I'm going to give up all of the, the things that the world says that I should achieve, and I'm going to pursue God with everything I've got. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to read this Bible until I physically understand why my grandmother cried, why she loved God so much. And I needed to find out if God loved me that much. And so the, for me, the epiphany came with what I discovered. As I started peeling back the layers, I realized there were generational ancestral patterns that I was fulfilling um, in shame and in pride and in control. My mom had that. My grandmother had that. My, I saw it in my family dynamic with my siblings. So I had to start going through this weekly and I went to classes everywhere for training, whether it was Sozo, whether it was Restoring Foundation, whether it was you know, someone was teaching on healing here, there. I was that hungry. And if you want God, you have to seek him. And your heart is so open to be filled with his glory, with his good news and with the healing power. So I dealt with ancestral patterns. I dealt with soul ties, relationships where I felt victimized, taken advantage of, disappointed. I dealt with that. I dealt with the fear of people knowing that I didn't have it all together. People saw me as a successful person who was great at speaking and doing all these things, but inside, I didn't want them to see the person. Actually, there's a, the movie Mulan, there's a song um, in there that Christina Aguilera sings, and I'll tell you, I took my children to see that movie when they were young, and when she started singing that song, look at that girl in the mirror, I was wailing silently in my seat because I was that person hiding behind the mask that needed to be released. So what did my plan create? As I started pursuing God, I had a business that the Lord started in my fasting. People that I was doing business with were all of a sudden saying, that they sense something different. Or I had a business where I'm you know, coaching and working with healing of people in their health. And all of a sudden, cancer patients started getting miraculous healing. All of a sudden, single women who never wanted to get married or thought love was not an option for them, all of a sudden was feeling love. And in the work I was doing, people were just like, Without, I felt like I wasn't, didn't even think I was doing it. It was just happening as I was praying for people, working with people. And then I, I realized, I learned later that while I was fasting for my healing, 
that people I was working with were getting healed around me because of my fasting. Is that something or what? I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but fasting is so life-changing. That's a whole other podcast. And so when I saw that these things were happening, I was fasting for three days and seven days and 21 days, that, and I, I dropped watching TV. I was totally dedicated on this mission that I was not going to let go until God said something and did something for me. My business turned from the Lord really giving me instructions on what business to start. And when I started, I was a nervous wreck because I was like, well, how am I going to pay the bills? I'm a single mom with three kids and I'm starting a business and I've left my corporate job. And the Lord provided Every month I was like stressed about paying the bills. And do you know, he came through like the 12th, you know, 12 midnight, the day these Jews um, bills were due. And you would think, I call it the deaf and dumb spirit. You would think after a while that I would say, okay, the first month he covered. Okay, I'm good. No, I was nervous the second month, the third month, the fourth month. It took about seven to eight months before I started feeling comfortable to say that when it was the middle of the month and the money wasn't there for the bills, I started saying, Lord, it's in your hands. And then two days before it was all due, then all of a sudden the money would come in from the business. So the Lord led me to a place of letting me practice my faith and increasing it. And so when I look at what the conflict was that was along the way, it was really my mindset that I had to change and renew my mind on not looking at what man would say because my family and friends were saying, what do you mean you're going to leave your job to do a business? You've got, you've got bills to pay. And I left my corporate job due to too many relocations and I started a new life and I said, I'm going to put my trust in God and he will fulfill the rest. Because if I'm going to prove that he's real to me, then I have to let go of control and let God truly have my life. And that's what I did. And that achievement turned into speaking engagements internationally. I got a chance to go to South Africa and and, uh, work with women there, work with children there. And the Lord has put such a, a, a pressure on my heart to do some things in that area. I've gone on mission trips to the Navajo Nation and worked with men and alcoholism. I opened up a healing room in Atlanta, Georgia, that was funded by, you know, the funds the Lord made available for me. And for, for the last seven years, I have been praying and watching God bring miracles into the lives of women and men and children and families. We've had marriages restored. We've had, you know, women, um, their identity released back and they fought to take it back from the enemy. So what what was the transformation? The transformation in my um, experience has been that God has truly released me to be who he called me to be, not who I thought I should be, but that I wake up every day and I know that in life it's about a battle. Because what I learned overall in this transformation that the people that hurt me, the disappointments I had, and the struggle I had from individuals, the war wasn't really with those individuals. Because the Bible says that our real enemy is the spirits and principalities 
in our atmosphere. It's not the individual. So I then had a different mindset of knowing that when people harm or disappoint me, it's the enemy using them to get to me because my battle is not with my parents, my siblings, my coworkers, my boss, my pastor, my friends. It's that at times their life is open for the enemy to use them sometimes to come against me. So when I, I now allow people to disappoint me, but I don't allow them to wound me. And so I hope that you gain a better understanding of kind of how this began. And I hope that my sharing, that my beginnings of, of faith was being raised in church and, and thinking that I knew who God was and I really didn't. I was going, but not experiencing so I pray for you today that you truly get to experience God. And it comes through seeking. It comes through going after him with a passion. The same way we would go after a relationship with a man, ladies, we need to go after God for what our needs are, whether it's our finances, our children, our jobs, our personal health. Seek him because you will find him. And so my goal in sharing this is to give glory to God first and second, to let you ladies know that you're the real enemy is the devil and that you have the power to fight back. And that's why this is Christian warrior woman, that you know the battle you're in and every day you rise up with your armor ready and armed to fight back and do not give any ground. But the word says that our feet are supposed to be on the throat of the enemy and make sure every day your enemy is under your feet and never give up. Love you and talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. This is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. Wanted to give a shout out to the ladies this morning. Um, yesterday, as you recall, I talked about um, the backstory of how Christian Warrior Woman came about. And there was, you know, as always, there are, all of us are experiencing different circumstances. And one of the questions and prayer requests that I received was, how do you handle trusting God when you have a cheating husband? And so in this podcast, I'm going to talk about how God responds to a cheating husband in the book of Christian Warrior Woman. It's actually in chapter five, if you have the book, and is on starts on page 114. And what's interesting, before I discuss um, the situation with Eloise in that chapter, I'm going to read a scripture for you, which is Romans 12 and 17. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Okay, ladies, I want you to, to remember this verse. In verse 19, Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. 
I will repay, says the Lord. Now, I know these are words, and these are words in the Bible. They're real, they're live, they're active, and God stands by his word. I will tell you, in my past experience, I it's, sometimes it's very hard to emotionally not respond or not want to pay back a person or not, you know, if you remember, um, gosh, I can't think of that movie with um, Angela Bassett when she burned up her husband's um, clothes and stuff in the car in the front yard and Whitney Houston was in it and others. And I have to admit, that was my personality when my husband, my ex-husband and I Um, which we married the second time. But the first time, I kind of destroyed some things. But that doesn't make it right. And But Eloise shows us in chapter 5 is so relevant to God's word and how he responds and that, believe it or not, the anger and revenge that you want to repay someone with in that moment is an easier deal than if God responds. So, you know, we're all in a in a different place working toward that. But when we go to the story of Eloise, um, and if you follow along with me, I will give you the, the, the story here. Eloise was a married um, Christian working mom with two small boys. She believed in her husband and the future of their family. She had no reason to mistrust him. Well, her husband George came home one day from work and told her that he was leaving her and her two kids for another woman. This other woman was his supervisor. So he claimed he um, was in love with his supervisor. Eloise was shocked. She was upset. She couldn't believe that he would leave her with two small children. And this isn't, this is like even a backdrop of a, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You know, today, single moms is a higher percentage and it's fairly common, unfortunately. Whereas in her particular day, it wasn't that common that a man would boldly say this and do this and leave his wife and children without a dad. So George stated that he would be filing and obtaining a divorce. And Eloise, although she felt rejected, disappointment, and alone, she stood still. She continued to work. She took care of her kids and planned on letting him do what he'd stated. Now, you talk about a woman who is of God a woman who trusts in the word, I I would have broke some things. I would have hit him with something. I would have, I don't know, I might have been carried out. But Eloise, this is what she chose to do. And this is what we have to choose to do. Because emotions have to be, you know, we can give those to God. Not saying that you're not supposed to feel anything and you're supposed to just let folks walk over you. That's not what we're saying at all. Eloise prayed and she went to God. And this is the real the real secret nugget here that we miss 
in so many ways. And so many women have shared that I've prayed with that their husband did this and the husband did that. And when you ask what the response is, they were depressed or they drank or they used drugs or they hung up with friends or they cursed them out or they went back home to their mother or they moved in with a girlfriend. Do you see how all these other things, but they don't ever say that I pers- I pressed in the God to change my circumstances. Even sometimes it might not change your husband leaving, but it puts you in the right position to be blessed and for you to see God's response. And that is the key. You're praying because now you're saying, God, you are my avenger. And I give this task and I give this problem and I give this heartache and I give this rejection that I feel to you. And I ask you in your name to defend me, to defend my honor, to defend me as a woman of faith. Okay, so this is where we want to be, that we want to know that we rest in God, that God is always there for us. So this is where Eloise was. And I love this. And when she told this testimony to me, I was just like, oh, you're my hero. Um, Now for George, I'm sorry. The story doesn't end well for him. But what I'm celebrating is Eloise's response. And I want to celebrate that we respond and have a strategy and have a plan and we have and know how to execute it so that we get 100% of our father defending us. So this is what happened. So George was going to, he went to file for his divorce and she continued to work. She continued to, you know, letting him do what he, you know, stated he would do. Three months later, George, three months, sometimes You know, in her situation, it was three months, not three years. In her situation, it was three months. George received a shocking and alarming news from his doctor during a routine checkup. He learned that he had an advanced level of prostate cancer and would need surgery soon. George continued his affair. He found out this news, but he kept moving in the path that he had already made his decision. So the doctor recommended immediate surgery. Um, He did the surgery and the other woman was in the hospital with George by his side. Eloise wasn't there. But when George came out awakened from surgery, George called his wife while the other woman was at his side. Now, I don't know about you. See, this is where I would be having the need forgiveness and prayer. But imagine that he had this serious surgery. And if it was you and called you to ask you to come to the hospital with another woman there by his side. Eloise, she went to the hospital. And when she got to the other hospital, the other woman was not present. As George was being discharged from the hospital, he decided to go home with his wife. The Lord had shown George he was wrong for breaking covenant with his wife 
and sons. He knew what was happening to him was George's judgment. God had judged George for what he had done. And these are his words that he knew that he had been judged. He knew what was happening to him was God's judgment. And he needed to rethink his steps and actions. After George was home, the other woman called to check on him. Eloise happened to overhear George telling the other woman not to call him again. He told her the affair was over and he'd made the choice, praise the Lord, to stay with his family and his wife. He would be restoring the damage he had done. Eloise was surprised and didn't know if she could trust him or didn't even believe her her ears. She knew marriage was supposed to be for better or for worse. She had seen the worst and wondered if better was even possible. After this devastating news of the affair, the divorce, and the trust of him walking away from his family. She felt the wound of his betrayal and and mixed emotions for a while. But through prayer, God strengthened her to feel secure in their marriage. But guess what? This this is the third area that I find amazing. That for Eloise, because she could have easily walked away. Do you know George never fully recovered and he was sick for the next 20 years until he died. Eloise sacrificed and she took care of him as a loving wife. I can imagine what you're thinking because I know what I'm thinking. I would have probably somewhere after I would have figured out he was sick for a while might have had to say, okay, George, you made this bed. Now you have to lie in it. But Eloise did not do this. Eloise chose to be that loving wife. And today she is living, seeing her grandchildren, seeing her great-grandchildren live a prosperous and blessed life. Her son is in ministry and she is seeing God's glory. So faith is a gift from God. Eloise is alive today to share what she endured. At the age of 85, she is alive to see her grandchildren. She lived to receive other miracles in her life as well. You too can forgive those who hurt or wound you. It takes time. It's not something that you can snap your finger, but you have to do it with God, not in your own strength. But make it your mission to heal. Wounded people wound other people. So stop your madness and stop the blame. Stop the feeling rejected and acknowledge who you are to God and let him bring healing into your heart today. I pray that that for every person hearing this, that the wound that has been inflicted upon you from a husband or a boyfriend or past relationships, that you start on a path of not looking back, but looking forward and knowing that you can let that go and give it to God. Let him avenge and let you live a prosperous and happy life going forward. I pray that for you today. Claim your victory and freedom from past hurt, shame, blame, woundedness. In Jesus' name. Until tomorrow, God bless. 
Love you all. This is Lisa Hawkins with Christian Warrior Woman. Wanted to give a shout out to the ladies this morning. Um, Yesterday, as you recall, I talked about um, the backstory of how Christian Warrior Woman came about. And there was, you know, as always, there are all of us are experiencing different circumstances. And one of the questions and prayer requests that I received was, How do you handle trusting God when you have a cheating husband? And so on this podcast, I'm going to talk about how God responds to a cheating husband in the book of Christian Warrior Woman. It's actually in chapter five, if you have the book, and starts on page 114. And what's interesting, before I discuss Um, the situation with Eloise in that chapter. I'm going to read a scripture for you, which is Romans 12 and 17. It says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Okay, ladies, I want you to, to remember this verse. In verse 19, Romans 12, 19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Now, I know these are words, and these are words in the Bible, They're real, they're live, they're active, and God stands by his word. I will tell you, in my past experience, I it's sometimes it's very hard to emotionally not respond or not want to pay back a person or not, you know, if you remember um gosh, I can't think of that movie with um Angela Bassett when she burned up her husband's um clothes and stuff in the car in the front yard and Whitney Houston was in it and others and I have to admit that was my personality when my husband my ex-husband and I um, which we married the second time but the first time I kind of destroyed some things but that doesn't make it right and but Eloise shows us in chapter five is so relevant to God's word and how he responds and that, believe it or not, the anger and revenge that you want to repay someone with in that moment is an easier deal than if God responds. So, you know, we're all in a, in a different place working toward that. But when we go to the story of Eloise, um, and if you follow along with me, I will give you the, the, the story here. Eloise was a married um, Christian working mom with two small boys. She believed in her husband and the future of their family. She had no reason to mistrust him. Well, her husband George came home one day 
from work and told her that he was leaving her and her two kids for another woman. This other woman was his supervisor. So he claimed he um, was in love with his supervisor. Eloise was shocked. She was upset. She couldn't believe that he would leave her with two small children. And this isn't, this is like even a backdrop of a, you know, 20, 30 years ago. You know, today, single moms is a higher percentage and it's fairly common, unfortunately. Whereas in her particular day, it wasn't that common that a man would boldly say this and do this and leave his wife and children without a dad. So George stated that he would be filing and obtaining a divorce. And Eloise, although she felt rejected, disappointment, and alone, she stood still. She continued to work. She took care of her kids and planned on letting him do what he'd stated. Now, you talk about a woman who is of God, a woman who trusts in the word. I, I would have broke some things. I would have hit him with something. I would have, I don't know, I, I might have been carried out. But Eloise, this is what she chose to do. And this is what we have to choose to do. Because emotions have to be, you know, we can give those to God. Not saying that you're not supposed to feel anything and you're supposed to just let folks walk over you. That's not what we're saying at all. Eloise prayed and she went to God. And this is the real, the real secret nugget here that we miss in so many ways. And so many women have shared that I prayed with that their husband did this and the husband did that. And when you ask what the response is, they were depressed or they drank or they used drugs or they hung up with friends or they cursed them out or they went back home to their mother or they moved in with a girlfriend. Do you see how all these other things, but they don't ever say that I pers- I pressed into God to change my circumstances. Even sometimes it might not change your husband leaving, but it puts you in the right position to be blessed and for you to see God's response. And that is the key. You're praying because now you're saying, God, you are my avenger. And I give this task and I give this problem and I give this heartache and I give this rejection that I feel to you. And I ask you in your name to defend me, to defend my honor, to defend me as a woman of faith. Okay, so this is where we want to be, that we want to know that we rest in God, that God is always there for us. So this is where Eloise was. And I love this. And when she told this testimony to me, I was just like, oh, you're my hero. Um, Now for George, I'm sorry. The story doesn't end well for him. But what I'm celebrating is Eloise's response. And I want to celebrate that we respond and have a strategy and have a plan and we have and know how to execute it so that we get 100% of our father defending us. So this is what happened. So George was going to, he went to file for 
his divorce and she continued to work. She continued to, you know, letting him do what he, you know, stated he would do. Three months later, George, three months. Sometimes, you know, in her situation, it was three months, not three years. In her situation, it was three months. George received a shocking and alarming news from his doctor during a routine checkup. He learned that he had an advanced level of prostate cancer and would need surgery soon. George continued his affair. He found out this news, but he kept moving in the path that he had already made his decision. So the doctor recommended immediate surgery. Um, He did the surgery and the other woman was in the hospital with George by his side. Eloise wasn't there. But when George came out awakened from surgery, George called his wife while the other woman was at his side. Now, I don't know about you. See, this is where I would be having to need forgiveness and prayer. But imagine that he had this serious surgery, and if it was you, and called you to ask you to come to the hospital with another woman there by his side. Eloise, she went to the hospital. And when she got to the other hospital, the other woman was not present. As George was being discharged from the hospital, he decided to go home with his wife. The Lord had shown George he was wrong for breaking covenant with his wife and sons. He knew what was happening to him was George's judgment. God had judged George for what he had done. And these are his words that he knew that he had been judged. He knew what was happening to him was God's judgment. And he needed to rethink his steps and actions. After George was home, the other woman called to check on him. Eloise happened to overhear George telling the other woman not to call him again. He told her the affair was over and he'd made the choice, praise the Lord, to stay with his family and his wife. He would be restoring the damage he had done. Eloise was surprised and didn't know if she could trust him or didn't even believe her her ears. She knew marriage was supposed to be for better or for worse. She had seen the worst and wondered if better was even possible. After this devastating news of the affair, the divorce, and the trust of him walking away from his family. She felt the wound of his betrayal and and mixed emotions for a while. But through prayer, God strengthened her to feel secure in their marriage. But guess what? This this is the third area that I find amazing. That for Eloise, because she could have easily walked away. Do you know George never fully recovered? And he was sick for the next 20 years until he died. Eloise sacrificed and she took care of him as a loving wife. I can imagine what you're thinking because I know what I'm thinking. 
I would have probably somewhere after I would have figured out he was sick for a while, might have had to say, okay, George, you made this bed. Now you have to lie in it. But Eloise did not do this. Eloise chose to be that loving wife. And today she is living, seeing her grandchildren, seeing her great-grandchildren live a prosperous and blessed life. Her son is in ministry and she is seeing God's glory. So faith is a gift from God. Eloise is alive today to share what she endured. At the age of 85, she is alive to see her grandchildren. She lived to receive other miracles in her life as well. You too can forgive those who hurt or wound you. It takes time. It's not something that you can snap your finger, but you have to do it with God, not in your own strength. But make it your mission to heal. Wounded people wound other people. So stop your madness and stop the blame. Stop the feeling rejected and acknowledge who you are to God and let him bring healing into your heart today. I pray that that for every person hearing this, that the wound that has been inflicted upon you from a husband or boyfriend or past relationships, that you start on a path of not looking back, but looking forward and knowing that you can let that go and give it to God. Let him avenge and let you live a prosperous and happy life going forward. I pray that for you today. Claim your victory and freedom from past hurt, shame, blame, woundedness. In Jesus' name. Until tomorrow, God bless. Love you all.